ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And then lastly, John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I'd say Live Oaks is a fruit tree. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So Grant, the calling of one in the ministry is one of the highest callings that a person can receive. And the one who hears the call and then proceeds to answer that call seeks an honorable office. Um, it is sought with all humility, with great diligence, and a sincere commitment, which is obvious here. Uh, to be ordained in the holy ministry, uh, you must acknowledge um, the divine call of the Lord upon your life, and you must also meet the requirements of ordination, ordination set forth uh, by the con congre Congressional Ministries offices in, in Anderson, Indiana, with the Church of God, and then also with the advisory and the credentialing board and committee of Kansas and Oklahoma Panhandle Assemblies. Um, today, you stand here before Almighty God and fellow ordained ministers, and uh, having acknowledged that you have been called by God, and you meet these requirements, and then thus seek ordination with the Church of God movement, with headquarters again in Anderson, Indiana. <coughs> Excuse me. We charge in the name of Jesus, the head of the church, that you are to be faithful to the high calling that you have received. Remember that you are called to be an example of your servanthood to the church and to the ministry that God has placed you. And we exhort you to be diligent um, in the study of God's inherent word and also to uh, that you explain it correctly and with action. Grant, we charge you to live as a testimony to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit, which is at work in your life. Never allow anything into your life that would disgrace or dishonor that office that you hold. In other words, as the Apostle Paul says, to die daily and to guard your heart. And we charge you, as always, to be a peacemaker, um, to be an example in prayer, a proclaimer of the gospel, a witness of the power of Jesus Christ, and a humble and faithful servant to the church. The ministry is not always easy. We've learned that. But uh, it's also very rewarding if you remain faithful. Remember that God is faithful, and he will be with you. He will walk with you. He will shield you and deliver you and bless you in all of life's situations. And one day, you will get to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into everlasting joy. And so grant, if you accept this charge and are willing to receive this ordination, please respond by saying, I will with God's help. I will with God's help. Amen. Excellent. <laughs> One last verse, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Kelly. Uh, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. That's from Hebrews 13, 7. You've had a great leader. Amen. As a dad and also as a pastor. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Shane. Praise God. It is a privilege as Grant's father um, to be a part of his ordination and to pray for him. Um, even though I may not quite be totally qualified for his kindergarten year. He went to uh, career day as a kindergartner and I showed up there. And he said, you know, he came dressed um, as
as his career. And he had a little suit coat on and the whole thing. And he said, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor in kindergarten. Not like my dad. I'm going to be a real one who wears so or suit coats. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm going to be a real one who wears suit coats. So Shane, thank you for wearing that suit coat. Shane's a real pastor. I'm kind of a different type of a pastor. But I knew then. I knew then that God was calling me. Uh, there are times when he made declarations, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go be an aviation engineer. Do you remember that? I'm going to go do this. And his mom said, oh, yeah, he's going to go do this. And I said, no, I think he's got a higher call. I think he has a different call. So as your father and your fellow el elder, I'm going to give you the same charge that Paul, the apostle, gave to Timothy, his son in the faith. And it's found in 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 4, 5. And it says this. You all, however, know about my teaching and my way of life, Paul said, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Idiom, and Lystra, the persecution I endured, you know. And you've grown up in a pastor's home, so you know. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy, holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So true. So in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of evangelists. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Huh. And so too, as the Apostle Peter said, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Amen. I want to invite you as a congregation, I want to invite the leadership of our church, and anyone that feels so led to come forward and let's lay hands on Grant, and let's pray a prayer of blessing and of ordination over him. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't have to feel pressure. If you're out there, you can reach a hand. You can stand where you are even and pray for him. We're going to do that together. Praise the Lord. Amen. And if you can't get up here, just put your hand on somebody. <laughs> Praise God. Lord, we are so thankful that you are with us as we gather in your name. This was your plan. We affirm it. And we rejoice with you.
and we know that your pleasure is upon Grant this morning. God, just witness to him that you have called him to this. And by faith, he is to fulfill the ministry and calling of his life like every believer is to do. God, use him. Make him an example. God, make him a herald of your word. Continue to use him as he teaches and preaches and as he leads. God, continue to fill him with your spirit. And may he only do things that your spirit calls him to do. May he keep his heart and his might set on you. May he keep his eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of his faith. And so God, just build him up and encourage him and give him that endurance that he would remain faithful until you return or his life ends. So Father, we look forward to the fruit that will come. We look forward to the ministry that will go forward and how you use him to bring the kingdom on earth well beyond some of us in our generation, and we thank you for that. And we bless you and praise you for that. Build up your church this morning. Uh, build up each one of us and show us that you have a plan for us just as much, that you have marked out a course for us just as you have for Grant, that we may together affirm one another and fulfill your purpose for our lives. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, praise God. We got through it. And because uh, it can be an emotional thing sometimes. Being family and, and uh, participating in those things that God has called us to do. So good to have you here this morning. And before Grant comes and as he's hugging people, do we have any praises that we'd like to share to the congregation real quick? Well, I thought I'd share. Go ahead, John. Any other, any other praises? Yes, go ahead, Frank. Praise God for bringing me and my family to this church, and you will not know the blessing that you, Grant, the whole family have been to us. Amen. And I just want to thank God in many different ways for his word to walk in our lives. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I want to just say, we are not perfect. We are just pursuing Jesus. Amen, all together. Praise the Lord. Monty, go for it, brother.
Thank you, Monty. Let's give God a hand. Amen. 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 I appreciate that. Amen. All right. Any other announcements? Yes, go ahead. some kind of announcement at all or anything or no? No, okay, we don't. We don't have an announcement. Oh, okay, so if your church family, yeah, we're trying to keep something from da-da-da-da-da. It's somebody's coming. Let's just put it that way. A little one is coming. So praise the Lord. Keep, uh, keep uh, Reese and Kirsten and Hattie in your prayers. Amen. Amen. All right, with that, we want to dismiss our kids to Kids Church. Amen. And Lord bless their, their leaders as they go to lead them. Why don't you give a hand to Grant as he comes to speak the word of God to us. Amen. <laughs> I know, now I'm ordained, so now I don't, uh, yeah, no more room for error. No. <laughs> I do want to say thank you so much. Uh, takes a village to raise a pastor. <laughs> and uh, golly, I could spend the whole time just thanking so many of you, pretty much everybody uh, you poured into my life, been there for me, been so gracious, so loving, so instructing, so wise, so friendly, <laughs> so graceful. I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to be a pastor here at Live Oaks. I'm very grateful to be in the body with you all. Boy, very grateful to be in community with you all. And I just can't thank you all enough. And I've been crying a lot. Gosh, I probably cried more this morning than I have in the last year. Oh, well, man, let's, let's get going. Uh, you know, kind of a cool uh, part of the ordination process. It all kind of led towards this last uh, final project, if you will. It was called The Lamp, Your Life and Ministry Plan. And it kind of was your plan where you... Uh, since the Lord was leading you and guiding you in the next one to three years in ministry, and it really was this great resource for us to just uh, have all these things that we've learned throughout the ordination process and, and how we put it into this vision for our ministry going forward. And uh, it's been a great resource for me. And the, the first thing we had to answer was, uh, what's your life verse? What's your life verse? And... Uh, you know, it's kind of easy for me, even though there's just so many amazing verses in the Bible. But it was actually kind of easy because there's always been one passage that I've just gone back to time and time again. Um, and we'll read it this morning and we're going to talk about it very briefly. But open your Bibles to Proverbs 
chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. I love wisdom. I love Proverbs. What a wonderful, wonderful book. But it's somewhat familiar, and even John even read some of it this morning already. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This has always been a comfort. Passage I could go back to when I wasn't sure, coming to the end of high school. Man, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go to college? I thought I was going to do engineering. That was a big one for so long. But then I was like, ah, man, the only engineering Christian school is John Brown, and I don't want to go to Arkansas. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's a shot at it. But I was like, I don't really want to go. Sorry, Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy and my brother-in-law went to John Brown. It's a good school. I just didn't want to go. Didn't want to go. So I was like, man, what do I do, Lord? I just don't know the way forward. And so I kid you not, it was my graduation party. And I was like, a bunch of people are going to ask me, where am I going to college? So default answer, Colorado Christian. All my other siblings went there. So... All right, that's going to do it for me. I'm a middle child, a little indecisive. So, you know, we need that kind of pressure, make decisions. Man. But then I got into Colorado Christian. I'm like, what am I going to do here? I'm so math and science. And I thought about pre-med, but uh, blood and wounds and the body, uh, not my thing, you know. So I can't really do that. But it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm here spending big money to not really know what I'm going to do. And yet the Lord showed me. And he showed me probably in the first month, boy, how wonderful God's word is. How wonderful and how deep you can go into it. Maybe too deep sometimes, but how wonderful and what a blessing it is to know his word. And what a blessing it is to talk about his word. What a blessing it is to, to talk with others and share the truths and the wonderful truths of God's word. And God led me, and he showed me the way, and he made it happen. And it wasn't in my timeline, and it wasn't how I thought it was going to work out, but I just said to trust the Lord with all my heart, and he was going to lead me where I was going to go, even after college, graduated college. Man, okay, well, I got a theology degree. Church is too small to bring me on as a pastor. What am I going to do, God? Working odd jobs, picking weeds, mowing lawns, painting out people's houses, doing all sorts of stuff. God, what, what do you want from me? What am I supposed to do? I got the theology degree. I mean, I'm, I'm volunteering with the youth group and stuff, but uh, what, what, where, where are we headed? And one day in the fall, mowing a lawn, and the, the wife, whose husband has Alzheimer's, comes out to me to give me the check. What are you doing, Grant? Well, I'm just kind of doing some odd jobs here and there, just kind of making ends meet, trying to figure out what I'm going to do vocationally. She's like, my, my husband has Alzheimer's. Would you mind coming and just watching him a few times a week for a few hours while I go out and run errands? Sure. This is an odd job. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. And boy, that led to a full-time position, and that led to six years of refining transformation in my heart and preparation undoubtedly for the ministry to be a caregiver care for people in their brokenness care for people all of us all at different degrees of everything 
all in different places, but to be a caregiver, to be patient, to be crazy patient, to be forgiving, to just be somebody that sits, sits with people and just cares and is there. Golly, I was going to talk about trust of the Lord, but now I feel like the Lord, man, the Lord showed me through that. No, Grant, I'm your caregiver. You're a caregiver. I'm there by your side every moment of the day waiting to hear you. What do you need? All right, I'll try to go get it for you. Or waiting, hey, trust me. Trust me. You don't want that. You can't have that. It's not good for you. And I had to say that a lot in my job. Trust me. Trust me, you can't see it. You can't see it because of your condition. You can't see that that's not good. You can't see that that's not what you actually need. But I know what you need because I pay attention to you. Because I sit here all day next to you, watching you. Because I know your needs. And I know what you need. And I will give it to you because I want to bless you and I want to help you. And I want to take care of you as best as I can. The Lord was showing me, Grant, that's what I am to you. I'm sitting there every day. But sometimes you've got to trust me, Grant. That's not what you want. That's actually not what you want. And that's actually not what you need. I have something better for you. Oh, what a deep truth. Deep truth that God has shown me. I'm so grateful. Man, Proverbs is the, is the book of wisdom. And it's this father saying to his son, man, get wisdom. Get wisdom. It'll be the greatest blessing of your life. Man, get it rather than money, rather than fame, rather than any other pursuit in your life. Sell all you have just to get wisdom. It'll be the greatest blessing in your life. Just get wisdom. And you come to this chapter 3 and he's saying, man, one of the key tenets to get wisdom is you're going to have to trust the Lord with all your heart. Not just trust the Lord a little bit. Trust him with all your heart, inevitably, in our walk with the Lord, inevitably, you're going to come up to something that's going to not, it's not going to fit into your paradigm. It's not going to fit into your expectations. It's not going to fit into your worldview. It's not going to fit into your plan for your life. Inevitably, that's going to happen to you. And the Lord is saying, trust me with all your heart. I am your caregiver. I sit here all day next to you. I watch you. I know your form. I know everything there is to be about you. I know your deepest, deepest needs. I know the things you aren't even aware of. I know them because I pay attention because I created you. Trust me with all your heart. Man, trust me. Oh, I just love to think about the great Stories in the Bible where people trusted the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusting the Lord when their face would be burned alive in the furnace. Man, they said, oh, we trust the Lord. But you know what? Even if he doesn't deliver us, man, that's okay. Because we trust the Lord. Man, I think about Daniel in the lion's den. You imagine trusting the Lord as you're being lowered down into the lion's den. Holy cow. Woo! Think about Moses and the Israelites. You got Egypt pursuing from behind and this great sea ahead of you. What's going to happen? The Lord says, trust me. Trust me. And he made a path through the Red Sea. Man, how many times David shows God, man, my enemies are all around me. They, out, they outnumber me. They mock me. 
Yeah, trust the Lord. Man, Habakkuk, man, whether or not the crops are plenty and there's animals in the barn, oh, trust the Lord. Man, when you're headed into the unknown as Abraham, go to this new place. Man, a new place. Leave your family. Leave your, your father's house. Trust his Lord. Trust the Lord while waiting. Trust the Lord while you're waiting. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust the Lord when it all just doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, trust the Lord when it all just doesn't make sense. The Lord's so good. Trusting the Lord comes down to this. You know, uh, whose understanding are you going to lean on? And that's why the next phrase is, lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> Because when you come to a situation that has blown away your expectations or is not what you had planned or it doesn't make sense or, or you just don't understand it, what are you going to do? Are you going to lean on your understanding of the situation or are you going to trust the Lord? And I like to always say I got 27 on my ACT in high school. I, was, I don't know, wasn't valedictorian in college. I'm hardly the smartest person in the world. I doubt I should be leaning on my own understanding the whole time, Right? Man, lean not on your own understanding. You think Joshua leaned on his own understanding when God said, hey, I have this really cool military tactic to take down a city. I want you to walk around it seven times. Trust me. He leaned on his own understanding and be like, you're crazy. You're whack. That doesn't make sense. Trust to the Lord. Man, you think you made, under, made it sense or Gideon had the understanding when God said, hey, I want your army uh, dwindle it. Yeah, take it away. Too many guys. Yeah, too many. You don't need that many. Go down to 300. 300 against an army so great their camels could no more be counted than the sand on a seashore. Love that line. In Judges. Man. Some things just won't make sense sometimes. It's logical. I'm pretty logical. Again, I'm, I'm engineering Kind of, I like to be logical. Choo, choo, choo. Math and science, love it, systematic. I think it's logical to say God being infinite and awesome and us being finite and less awesome, we're inevitably not going to understand. Sometimes it may just look different. And we may not understand. We may not feel it. Feel it in the moment. Wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. You know, understand. And in that moment, you have to ask yourself, am I going to lean on my understanding, my feelings, or am I going to trust the Lord? Am I going to trust his word? Am I going to trust God? So then inevitably, it leads to our third phrase, which I love it. It comes down to who you're going to submit to. You're going to submit to your own understanding. You're going to submit to the Lord. And I love that. The third line, in all your ways, submit to him. In all your actions, all your dealings, all your responsibilities, all your pursuits, everything you got going on in your life, submit to God. Man, do things God's way. I love that. Submit to God. Do it His way. Trust Him. Trust His Word. Man, life, I love green philosophy. I've been on a big philosophy kick. 
And every time I read New Philosopher, I'm just like, oh, God, I never even like, could ever even dream of like this idea or this concept of what they're trying to say. And it just shows how much I just don't understand about our world, how much I just don't understand about its beautiful workings and it's the fabric of creation, how much I just don't understand about even myself. Oh my gosh, how much I don't even understand about myself. And yet God's saying, yeah, I know. I created a vast and wonderful and beautiful and good creation. And guess what? You're going to have to trust me sometimes. And you're going to have to just follow me. Man. It could be scary. It could be uncomfortable. It's not always for the faint of heart going into the unknown. Going where, man, this doesn't, I don't know about this. But God's saying, trust me with all your heart. I got you. Man, God knows how to steer people. God knows how to work people back to his path. God knows how to work in you. He knows how you tick. Boy, he knows how to work everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He knows how to do it. Man, I love C.S. Lewis. God is so infinite that it's as if he just created you. He has all the time in the world because it's as if he just created one person, you. So you have his full attention. He created you. He's our creator. You think he knows how the brain works, our minds work? You think he knows how emotions work? You think he knows our sinful natures and how those operate? I think it's no, we always say it's no coincidence. We're, Jesus always referred to us as sheep. Man, he knows we can be skittish. We can intend well, but not always follow through. We can be really scared at really kind of trivial or not even big things. We can sometimes make little things big things, big things little things. We sometimes outsmart ourselves. Man, we can do it all. And God's like, I'm a good shepherd. Trust me, I'm a good shepherd. Jesus is a good shepherd. He knows how to lead us. He knows how to lead you. He knows how to lead me. He knows how to get you. And sometimes it can be so like, ooh, I just want to get there as fast as possible. And we don't want to make mistakes, but man, I think God knows how to work it all for our good. What a comfort. What a comfort. Man. What's amazing is those three phrases, kind of these prerequisites, to get to the promise at the end of this in verse 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways submit to him. And he will make your path straight. I love that. It's a little bit of an idiom. Um, if you read Proverbs, there is almost a hundred references to path or way. It's kind of a, a, a cultural metaphor, if you will. You'll see tons of references to a straight path or a crooked path, which would be somebody that's really not doing what they should be doing. They're falling into sin, they're acting amorally, things like that, crooked path. They'll talk about a level path for your feet, lots of imagery to your feet, uh, ground that is solid for your feet, or uh, uh, ground that you'll twist an ankle, essentially, um, or, or ground that will be snares to your feet. There's wonderful metaphors. They love to use it. Proverbs loves to use it. But it promises you'll have a path that is straight. If you've ever been hiking, a straight path does not always mean an easy path. 
<laughs> amen? Can I get an amen? <laughs> I did the incline last summer in Manitou Springs, Colorado Springs, which is like 2,700 and some stairs. It's very straight. Oh, man, they make you just, oh, that's so strange. I love that. My engineering part of me is, oh, love it. But it ain't easy. It wasn't easy, that's for sure. So the straight path doesn't necessarily mean ease. It doesn't mean free from, from hardship or pain. It doesn't mean that. What does it mean? What does a straight path mean? Well, I think we get some clues from other Proverbs. Proverbs 4.27 says, Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Something straight. And again, these references to a crooked path being someone sinning or doing what's wrong. Then I think Proverbs 4.18 gives us the clue. The path of righteousness. The path of righteousness is like the morning sun shining ever brighter to the full light of day. I think that's what the straight path has to do with. The path of righteousness is straight. It's wonderful. The path of righteousness. Growing like the morning sun shining ever brighter to the full light of day. Man, I love that beautiful imagery. So the question we have, or really kind of the mathematical kind of idea I want to hit you with first, the shortest distance between two points is? Straight line. Where are you headed today? Where are you headed? Where are you headed this morning? Where are you headed in your life? That's really Proverbs is dealing with. Man, a way of life. How's your life? Wisdom isn't just head knowledge or being able to look at a situation and know, you know, what's the right response to that situation. Wisdom for the Israelites very much was, how are you living your life? Are you living your life wisely? Where is it headed? Where are you going? Is it, are you headed towards, towards righteousness, towards the Lord? Or are you headed somewhere else? And honestly, anywhere else is no good. Path of righteousness. Man, I know sometimes righteousness can get a bad rap, right? Self-righteous, someone that thinks they're too big for their britches, right? Things like that. You get, ah, oh, they, righteous people are judgmental, things like that. And understandably, there are some of those examples, for sure. But I think Jesus showed us a better way, path of righteousness. Man, Jesus definitely showed us the way. And boy, did Jesus shine. Boy, did he shine. Shine in a dark world. Boy, did he shine brightly. And I love Psalm 19 where David's kind of hitting on the same idea. And he, he talks about, man, the sun just shining brighter and, and everybody just enjoying his warmth. Man, we follow the path of righteousness. You're not only going to shine, but people are going to be blessed by the warmth that comes from you. That comes through you by the Holy Spirit. Man, my life verse, my life verse for ministry, vision for the church, that we just keep growing in brightness as the sun grows, as it reaches to midday. We keep shining brightly. And then our community would be blessed by the warmth, warmth of us. Man. And to be blessed in every way from us. We would be a blessing to our community in every way. And I want to be a blessing to you. And yes, sometimes that means 
I may have to rebuke you. And I love Connor, and I love how we share that, because we always bring that up with each other. And sometimes, and I hope I can get better at it, because I don't know if I did it very well, but Connor's so gracious to me. But sometimes I may have to rebuke. But other times, I'm sure, man, trust me, my disposition is not to rebuke. I want everything to be cool and peaceful. And let's all just be good. Man, let's all just lead each other. Let's walk together in righteousness. Let's keep growing. Man, in hiking, you can't sit down for too long. Uh, lactic acid starts building up. Start losing that motivation. Slow and steady wins the race, right? And you say, I keep going. Keep going. I hope we all can keep going together. Keep going, little by little. We don't have to be sprinting. We don't have to break any land speed records. Let's just keep following Christ together. Let's just keep going, growing in brightness together. Let's just keep growing in warmth together and being a blessing to our community. And let's just keep trusting the Lord. Man, let's keep trusting the Lord when it doesn't make sense. And man, I kind of have this, grew up this way, but the Bible says this, or I have this presupposition or this view on something. Man, let's keep trusting the Lord. And let's keep refining. Let's keep sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron. Let's keep being full of grace and mercy with each other and very patient. I love that uh, verse of change. Extremely patient. Extremely patient with each other. Man, in all of our ways, let's submit to him. Everything you got going on, keep including him. God, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? And God's going to make our path straight. And boy, what a blessing that will be. Amen. Amen. If you'll stand with me, we will close in prayer. Father God, we are so grateful. So grateful that you're even willing to lead us. To be our good shepherd. God, we're so grateful for your just wonderful wisdom. Oh, Jesus, we're grateful that you are the way, the truth, and the life. God, help us to follow you. Help us to follow you on the straight path. God, help us not to veer to the right or to the left. God, help us not to sit down too long. God, help us not to go in the opposite direction. God, help us not to get into things that would just try to snare us or keep us down or hold us back. Oh God, may we run the race that you have marked out for us, each and every one of us individually, and us collectively as the body here at Live Oak Church. Father God, help us. May you just continue to guide us and bless us and continue to knit us together through the bond of peace. Father God, may we just continue to meditate on your word and may you, God, give me and my dad just continue to bless us, give us wisdom and, and, and to teach and to be good guides, good shepherds, good friends. And Father God, may we all just continue to, to play our part in the body. Use the gifts that you have given each and every one of us to build up this body. God, to be a light in a dark world, Father God. To be warm in sometimes a cold world. To be open and inviting to sometimes a closed off world. Father God, may you bless us. In every way, Father God, we thank you. We do trust you. You have shown your faithfulness time and time again in your word. You are still faithful today.
God, we give you our whole heart. We trust you. And we will not lean on our own understanding. And God, in all our ways, we will submit to you. And God, we thank you for your promise of a straight path. We love you, Lord. Thank you for 26 years of wonderful, wonderful memories and blessing and, and God, so much just fruit. God, we pray for 26 more yes, sir. of wonderful, good fruit. Oh, we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Before we leave, though, we forgot to present a couple gifts. We have a Bible for Grant. Uh-huh. It, it, the Word of God, a new one. He's going to love it. It's the correct translation. Uh, yeah. Praise the Lord for that. And then, uh, two, his mother's going to bring him. Uh, we've got a staff, and this comes from Thanks. John Peterson. So cool. It's to remind you um, that you use that stuff to rescue the sheep, and you also use it to keep the enemies and the predators at, at bay. But you don't beat the sheep with it. <laughs> you shepherd them. Amen? Yeah. You shepherd them. Praise the Lord. So why don't you give God a hand again, and thank you. Amen? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And then, go ahead, I'm going to turn it to you. Jess, you got something? But this is the important part. As you go forward and the sheep start putting you on a pedestal, pedestal, and that pedestal gets higher, you have to be clear in your mind to jump off that pedestal, knock it over, and get eye to eye with the sheep again. Amen. 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 I appreciate it.